today. College basketball. The National Basketball Association. And on the icy fields of the frozen tundra, NFL football. Free agency. On pop culture over pizza, the sports edition. Day Internet. Welcome to a very special pizza party episode of Pop Culture Over Pizza. We're going to do a nice little deep dish dive for you guys this week into all things sports. Um, we're going to give you the biggest thing of the week is going to be uh, some stuff about the NFL draft. There's a lot of things, uh, excuse me, the NFL offseason, not the NFL draft. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on there. But let's get right into it. As usual, I am Jose, and I am joined by my two sportscasters, ASAP Balrog, back from the chariot races. And this is Walt, back from the gridiron. Indeed. So, gentlemen, this week we have a few topics, all things sports. We're not talking anything Marvel. We're not talking anything Star Wars. We're actually a bunch of sports nerds as well, um, and some fans of some of the New York NFL teams. But we have a couple of other things to talk about in the world of sports, and we're going to get right into that next. All right. So we're jumping right into it, our first topic of the day. We're here on Saturday, just the day before Selection Sunday for NCAA March Madness. They're going to rank the teams. They're going to set up the brackets, and we're going to get ourselves set up for the big March Madness tournament that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. So what's going on, guys? What do you think about how these rankings are are uh, shaping up so far? It looks like they have all the brackets and all of that set up over here. Well, um, we're starting to see the brackets shape up a little bit here. Um, just looking at this SI.com version of it, they have the number one seeds as Virginia in the East region. Nice. In the West region, you have Michigan State. South region, you have North Carolina, who just lost to Duke. Um, and in the Midwest region, you have Kentucky. So there's not a lot of um, what, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's it's not that unsurprising the four that they picked. Um, These are kind of the like big teams, yeah, year in and year out. Year, yeah, exactly. You you you're accustomed to seeing the Tar Heels somewhere around there. Uh, Michigan State, Kentucky, the Wildcats—they're always a top team. Yeah. Duke is rated number two in the Midwest, and with the return of Zion Williamson, they're only going to get better. Um, he was out because of Shoegate, uh, yeah. where his oh, right. shoe basically exploded. That was bad for Nike, right? Yes, that was a was. Nike sneaker that exploded on the court, basically. Right. He, he tried to cut, and as he planted his foot, the entire shoe just broke apart. Oh, my and gosh. And he rolled his yeah. ankle. He rolled his ankle. I believe mm -hmm. that was the injury. He definitely injured himself. And I don't he was, he's been out, and but now he's back, and he's back to his Zionistic ways. <laughs> <laughs> where the man is just dunking all over the place. I believe the last game that he played was against North Carolina, where they beat uh, they beat the Tar Heels by eight points. And um, he had a ridiculous game. I think it was 31 points. Um, he was 
almost perfect from the field, if I remember correctly. It was like 23 of 26. I got the numbers right here. I'll read the stat line for Please you very do. quickly. Please so do. this was actually just this past Friday uh, against the number three ranked North Carolina. Again, they're always up there on the running, right? They won 74 to 73, like you said, by one point. And Williamson played 35 minutes. He was 13 of 19 from the field for a 684 field goal percentage, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Two or three from three-point land, 667 there. Three or three from his free throws, 11 boards. He's a pretty big guy, so like he should be putting up those numbers for sure. I don't know if he'll be as dominant in the NBA, but that's definitely going to be a good stat line to have once he gets there. He's going to be a threat once he gets to the NBA. Well, he's a strong guy, and that's actually going to be a big thing because the NBA, like – I feel like it's not as rough as it used to be back in the heyday of the 90s and even beyond yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Size I mean, is still important, though, right? Size is still important, but not as important anymore. Most most likely you, you want to have – because we've gone in the NBA away from the true centers. The centers now are more of a, a hybrid. You know, they're, they're, they're like uh, the Hakeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing prototype. You no, know, we, we don't have those anymore. We don't even have the Shaq O'Neal's <laughs> anymore. We have more of the – um, Dirk Nowitzki, um, Porzingis well, type. That's kind of why you know? I bring it up, though, because for at least for the time, like Ewing and Olajuwon were more pure scorers than most centers of their era. And Olajuwon, I mean, had that that like spinning fadeaway. That was but they played that, you the know, post much, You know, that's they played, true. They played the post more, which you don't see a lot of nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's know? true. That's very true. But so, it's the way the defenses are kind of broken down. These right. Things. So, so you're you're you're. Walking, you've walked away from that aspect of basketball the way it used to be back in the eighties and nineties, where it was more rough and tumble, more you know, down in the blocks, more gritty, mm-hmm. more more stuff like that. Now it's a little bit more of a finesse game, more of a shooting game. You know, you got the guys like Steph Curry who make their living beyond the three point arc, and you know some of the shots that they make are ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. So it's more of an athletic game. Zion is kind of a, a callback to the old school way of doing things. That's true. Um, now you have a little bit more zone and, and like triangle defense or triangles being played. Like so the strategies are a little bit different. That kid is a beast. But he's man. big. He's a he's a he's a prototypically awesome forward. Like almost in the vein of he's like built like a football player. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's a fantastic forward. And he finished out the game by the way with a block, a steal, and thirty-one points. Yep. You, that's exactly what you said too. So you're right on that. One. So you had a killer game. So I, I uh, think I think Duke game. is trending up here. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I have to mention this actually. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in the game before against Syracuse, he was thirteen of thirteen from yes. the field. He, he shot a thousand percent or hundred percent. His comeback from Shoegate, <laughs> which I which I'm coining it because I don't think that's an official name. <laughs> that's right. a better name than whatever anybody else exactly. thought. Exactly. And it's interesting the the shoes that he's wearing now they're still Nikes. Yeah, so, you know. Well, he's probably like uh, I mean sponsorship deals work a little. They can't really have sponsorships, right? But they kind of do in mm-hmm. the NCAA, so it's a little bit iffy there. But I kind of understand. Yeah. So, but his his return back after that he has been ridiculous. So um, it, it's interesting to watch him, and it's going to be interesting to watch Duke going forward because. They kind of slipped off a little bit without him there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, they've been crazy ever since. Um, the two games they had before with North Carolina, they both lost, and he wasn't on the court. Yeah. And so now the third game that they had, which I believe it was in the ACC championship, right? Um, I, I could be wrong. The, but, the upcoming game? Right. Their, their, most, their next upcoming game? Let's see here if we can 
So that the third time he was on the court, they won. So Duke is going to be an interesting yes, team sir. to watch. Actually, they are playing that right now. Okay, there you go. Them right now, yeah. So uh, and they are getting destroyed, and they're going to lose seventy to it's seventy to fifty eight with fifty seven seconds left in the in the second half. Give Zion a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, let's say he makes it to the NBA, though. I don't know if he could put up. He's having a big game, free. but not a dominant thirty point performance. We're going to talk about that points. in a bit. I don't know if he could put up. We're going to talk about. I don't know. Oh, so we'll get if, to that. if we look at the rankings for um, this week, this week in terms of college basketball, both the AP 20, top twenty-five and the coaches' poll has Gonzaga as mm-hmm. number one, Virginia as number two, North Carolina as number three, uh, Kentucky and Duke, and this is where it changes because the top eighty, the top twenty-five has Michigan State. Um, the coaches' poll has Texas Tech, and they flip on both. So, you know, I think there's a consensus in the top teams. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow with Selection Sunday and what happens with all these, you know, championship games that are happening within within each conference, that may change things a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you are going to see your top teams as your top seeds, um, barring anything crazy, right? Um, it's interesting that, this particular bracket by SI does not have Gonzaga as number one. They have them um, second in the West region. Um, but again, this is unofficial. We'll have everything uh, tomorrow, Selection Sunday. We'll know more then. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how that's how this is all shaping up, and it'll be interesting to watch. College basketball for me right now is a little bit more enjoyable to watch because you have more team play. Uh, the NBA kind of tends to be more star driven. Isolation like has that. become a bit of a thing. Yes. I'm sorry. I actually have to make a correction on the podcast. Duke is actually winning 70 to 58. So you'll have to excuse. I made this. There you go. I, told I gave you, Zion a chance. I told you Zion was going to find a way, right? <laughs> the, the score reversed. They actually scored about, Oh, 22 points, about 12 points, and the other team lost 12 points. I, I am convinced that, Zana, that Zion is... Zanos? Yeah, exactly. Zanos. He is We're stuck of, on pop culture. <laughs> he's some form of Thanos because he just snapped and the score changed. That's probably so, why That's yeah. probably why the shoe exploded. Exactly. It's like one of the, like, there's an infinity, that's where it is. He has infinity stones in the shoes. And it's interesting because um, that, that shoe explosion uh-huh. brought up the next conversation, which was... If he's going to the draft, should he play again for the rest of the season? Because now mm-hmm. you're, you're seeing that, you know, he's already – you already had a freak injury. He is probably the consensus number one pick in the draft. Yeah, that seems to be the idea. And so a lot of people were saying, you know what, why risk your financial future by going in and playing some meaningless games in college basketball? And I'm glad he did what he did because he said, you know what, if I can play, I'm going to play. Yeah. You want so, a guy with that attitude to be on your team exactly. in the NBA. Are there any are there any things in the brackets here that kind of surprise you guys? Are there any rankings or anything like that? Well, that, like I said, so I know this is not the final, right? Basically, but from what you see here, is there anything that kind of stands out as a surprise? Like I said, for me, it's a little surprising seeing Gonzaga number two, um, because you know you you look at the coaches' poll, you look at the top. 25 from mm-hmm. the AP, and they have them listed as the best team in basketball. Mm-hmm. So 
that's a little surprising to me. Um, I'm going to be honest. I haven't really dug deep into the rest of the teams. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is nothing here that really jumps out at me, you know. But again, this being unofficial, I, I'm not putting too much weight into this. I want to see what happens tomorrow, um, and then we can really get into uh, who should have been where, mm -hmm. who didn't make the cut, yeah. and things of that nature. We can compare it tomorrow and see kind of what it, what it compares to to what we see today. So getting on to the next topic, we're going to jump up a division, as it were, from the NCAA to the NBA. State of the NBA, what's going on right now? Let's talk a little bit about what we foresee possibly for the NBA draft coming up in 2019. So let's jump on it, guys. What's the state of the NBA right now? What are your thoughts? What do you think about how things are running out with the seeds and all of that? The Greek freak rules. <laughs> Fear the deer. How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> hey, Milwaukee Bucks, man. They're, I, they're um, I believe, the number one Eastern Conference team right now? Yes. Well, the number one team in the NBA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even all, better. All together. They yes. are at least three games ahead of the next team, which would be Toronto in the Eastern Conference, which they reside in also. Bro, I think they're going to be the next like big power team. Like You know how... They say Golden State Warriors are like the Justice League right now. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a reason why, because they have like a lot of star players on that team. However, I feel like the Milwaukee Bucks are going to take over. Well, currently the Bucks are 52-17. and 17. That puts them, yes, on top of every other team in the NBA. They're three games ahead of the Raptors in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Warriors are actually below that at 46-21. and 21. So their record is, um, their being in the Western Conference, their record is a little bit rougher. And it's interesting this year, too, if you look at it, because it seems that over the last few years, at least in my opinion, the like West Coast has kind of dominated in the playoff picture. They have. Mm -hmm. And this year, it's not it's not a huge reversal, but you're starting to see, like the Bucks, you're starting to see a lot of Eastern Conference teams start to emerge as genuine contenders. Mm -hmm. That parity is starting to really come back instead of just like, oh, the Western Conference is going to win again. The Warriors are going to win again. Gods be you good, know, though, because... All that stuff. You know, the the Western Conference has a lot of star players in majority of their teams. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, Golden State Warriors, you know, I said they're the Justice League and for a good reason. <laughs> yeah, Lakers have LeBron. Um, Rockets have Harden, CP3. Mm -hmm. You know, these are all star players. The Eastern Conference, how many can you name? Uh, what, Uncle Drew, Kyrie Irving? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's it's funny because when you look at these standings, um, the Eastern Conference is really top-heavy with their roster, with their with their teams. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but you look at the eighth-ranked team, and they're under 500, um, which is the Miami Heat. They're, they're struggling with, you know, um, they're actually fighting Orlando and Charlotte for that last spot. Right, and they're uh, 32 and 36 for a 471, 19 and a half games behind the Bucks. Right, and you look at the Western Conference's eight team. That's Different the picture. Clippers. Uh -huh. They're 40 and 30. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you know you have a lot of really really good teams in the Eastern Conference, but then the drop off is. Very, very sharp after that. Yeah, the yeah. overall, the conference still can't compete, but at least the bigger players in the conference are starting to get to a point, again, yes. like the Bucks, where they can really compete with the West Coast teams. And you don't have to necessarily write things off and say that the Justice League of Basketball mm -hmm. is going to win again because the Warriors look a little vulnerable this year. They They're do. still the best team. 
but they look a little more vulnerable than they than they were, say, like last year or yeah. the year that they won. What is it, seventy two games? What is the rest of the record? Seventy, I think it was seventy two games. I, I'm not mistaken. Be. Let's look. Let's make sure we got that one right because I I always forget that number to be honest with you. But yeah, it looks a little bit like a like more of a stronger Eastern Conference class. So I'm I'm gonna look at the Western Conference and there's a team that kind of kind of jumps out of me as a team that is in the top four. But it looks a little vulnerable, and for me, that's the Houston Rockets. And I want to get your take on this because the Houston Rockets—they are where they are because they jumped on James Harden's back, and he took them as far as he could go. I mean, he had that historic run where he had thirty points um, for—I I don't even know how long. Let me let me look at that. But by the um, way, the the Golden State Warriors was a seventy-three win season. Um, right, the right. the Bulls were seventy two and ten before that was mm-hmm. I think the previous record. Yes, they also have the most overall wins regular season and postseason with eighty eight. The Bulls have uh, eighty seven, but the Bulls have a higher win percentage if you include playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's interesting to see the emergence of Harden as like probably one of the best scorers in the NBA. Right, bro, now. he's the two thousand eighteen NBA MVP. Yeah, yeah, you you can probably say that, especially like the way that he carries. He carries that team to go from where he was being a six man yeah. a few years ago to being a true superstar leader of this team. Yeah, he is a leader, yeah. and he, and you know he was already a a a, a starter worthy worthy player when he was playing the six man years ago. But like to see his emergence and like that truly historic run of scoring, it, it kind of vindicates a lot of people, myself included, who always felt like everybody talks about LeBron and everybody talks about. Like uh, Durant as like some of the top players in the NBA. Nobody ever really until there, recently. Right. There's more to the league. Conversation. There's more to the league than just LeBron. And right. And certainly more than just those three. Right. But like I feel like if you weren't including Harden in the conversation before, like you really weren't doing the league justice. And now you kind of prove that to everyone. Yeah. You look at the streak that he had. Um, Don't forget about CP3. Oh, I'm not yeah. forgetting about Chris Paul at all. But, yeah. but at he, the same time, like he he already to me was recognized kind of close to that top pantheon at least. And yeah. Harden took a lot more time to get that that respect and that recognition. Yeah, but that that streak that he had, it was thirty points for thirty two straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other person that surpasses that uh, obviously would be Will Chamberlain. Yeah, I was going to say there can't so, be anybody else besides him. So I mean, he the literally and and yeah. the thing about it is that that team suffered a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. and that's about where this streak started. He really said, "Okay, you know what? This is my team." I'm going to put him on my back and we're going to go straight, you know, and he kept that team, you know, on his back afloat, right? And that team is where it is because of James Harden. Yeah, it's a miracle. So I mean, could would they even be in the playoff picture? Probably not if it weren't for him. No, absolutely. Because if you look at the like you if you look down at the list here, the the, the number eight seed is only seven and a half games back, three and a half games behind the Rockets, who are four games back. Any other team would have dropped <laughs> off. Any yeah. other team that would have dropped off, but you know what? He had they have James Harden. So you look it's at a the, tough SOB. So man. that's the that's the one team though that I think um is a little vulnerable because if you stop Harden, I, I don't know if that's hard team, to do right. fairly enough. He's, exactly. It's true. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Because obviously he just went thirty two games scoring thirty points. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Plenty of teams have plenty of times to stop him, yeah. right? Plenty of game planning could have been done in exactly. that streak, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if there is if there is a chance that you stop Harden in the playoffs, um, 
that leaves his team vulnerable because I don't know, you know, how that team was going to rise to that occasion. They're, they've become, especially this season, they've become so accustomed to having Harden do all the work. Mm -hmm. What happens if you take that away? Right? Yeah, that's true. And Chris Paul is a great player also, but <clears throat> can he carry the team without a Harden? I don't, I don't know if he could. I Just, don't know if he could. But, I mean, I don't know, because, yeah, like, you have other solid players on that team, but there's nobody who kind of hangs with that same level of play mm -hmm. that you get from James Harden. Like, so Schumpert isn't going to carry the team. You've had a lot of <laughs> records drop in, in the NBA. You have Russell Westbrook, a triple-double in at least nine consecutive games. You mean when he's not fighting with fans? Yeah. And, and you know what? Well, that wasn't his fault. Yo, when it comes to OKC, I've been a bigger fan of Paul George lately. PG-13. Paul George Dude. has been off the hook. Dude, have you seen – did you see that game um, between um, OKC and the Utah Jazz? There was like two overtimes. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was at a bar that night. I was at a bar that night back at Mordor. I was freaking <laughs> watching that. Yo, I was – Freaking hype. And then this guy behind me said, like, said him, now they're going to second overtime. I was like, no, no, they're going to end this game now. And then, But they did go to second overtime. And then Paul George, he just ended the game epically. It, he, he ended up with, with a layup, with a layup like in midair, and he was surrounded by Jazz. Mm -hmm. It was no, crazy. I, I, and Russell Westbrook just fouled himself out. So it was all Paul George. It, it, is, it is ridiculous how that team, especially Paul George, how he – and it was such a close game, too. You know, I know. Um, it's crazy. But and, and so that's a team that has two dangerous players because you look at you look at Russell Westbrook. He's number one all time for triple doubles in a single season, right? Paul George um, is a real threat in my opinion now, man. No, I know, and and that's what makes that team scary because I think they're finding their 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 run right here. Right, you know they're finding their post Durant magic. And exactly. yeah, in the original yeah, in the original OKC, I used to think it was. Westbrook and KD back when I liked KD, mm -hmm. but times have changed. Mm -hmm. It's not even Westbrook anymore, and obviously KD's gone. It's PG thirteen. It's Paul George, and then Westbrook. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, part of it comes with age at this point, but like for sure, like it's not like Westbrook. Westbrook is old, but he's a little bit older than he was a couple of years ago. So you figure players start to lose. And, steps and he's, he needs to stop picking fights with fans. <laughs> I mean, but then again, they said he was severely provoked in that situation. The fan was cursing at him, saying like derogatory yeah, you know racist what? stuff. But like, okay, that's you got to separate yourself. That's from right. That you have to draw the line. And not only yeah. that, that's not his first altercation because he had one earlier in the week, or at least the week before. Oh, really? That I didn't hear about. So there was there was um, a an altercation he had with a ten year old. What? Okay. So Wait, you know, is that? That's the one where is this so, one where he told him not to touch him or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I did see that where the kid, but the kid like smacked him. Then again, it's a kid. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, he don't, I do? don't slap that kid basically. Exactly. But but when he turned around and looked at him, he, I, I generally felt fear for the kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. The kid felt fear too. Exactly. He, he sat right back like, down. You know what I'm saying. Crap. And you know what? To credit to Westbrook, <laughs> he, he 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 composed himself. He walked over, talked to the dad. And he did give the kid a high five. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But you know what? It's like you said, you have to have your composure there. And you know, especially he's, not the, he's not the only yeah, guy. He's not the only guy that gets heckled and yelled at and 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 stuff. Now, that's not to condone the fans, mm -hmm. right? Because the fans, just because you buy a ticket to get into the arena doesn't give you the right to do whatever the heck you want. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You also have to have composure too. But that also highlights another problem because you know what? 
the fans are right on top of the players. And thankfully, nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. But Not especially for some years now, right? But and I still remember um, who the was palace. it? Um, Metal Metal World Peace yeah. jumping into the stands and 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 going after the guy and throwing all this other stuff. Yeah, that freaking huge place. brawl. Yeah, that was a huge brawl. He ago. actually jumped into the stands. Not just wait ringside. He you don't went. Know about he this? went like about six or seven rows to go after a guy. That's okay. crazy. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, we gotta. <laughs> yeah, you gotta show the video. But <laughs> we so, gotta pop this up. So, but that highlights a problem because you know what? There's too much accessibility. You look at you look at football. Football, you're separated by by the wall, right? Mm-hmm. You look at hockey. You have that big plexiglass in front. Baseball is the same thing. Basketball, you have you're basically on the same level as 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 the players, right? There's there's no nothing to prevent you from running on the court and doing something. Basically, you know. So you know, in some respect, I have to say that Westbrook is a little right. Um, right now, Jose is showing ASAP the brawl, Pacers Pistons brawl from two thousand four. Oh well, go back. Up. Sorry about that. I just wanted to pull that up so you can see this was this started with the teams fighting each other but this ended up spilling up into the freaking stands dude this is like yeah, here we go and like there's stuff getting thrown like this was practically a riot what, what was I well, who instigated the fight well the, the the first part of the fight was instigated right here when he got pushed okay uh i don't remember which piston that was that ended up pushing him and that ended up kind of spilling over to the bench then they were hanging out by the crowd. Somebody over here. threw something. Fans started throwing things. Yeah. Okay. And, that's and when, there we go. Hello. That's when you get to this, where oh, our test is in the stands, basically like brawling with fans. This is WWE all over. And there oh! goes a, there goes a a, a beer. Okay. And, and this was when he, yeah, this is when he was run our test. Okay. So now, I'm I'm guessing world I'm guessing stuff. this game didn't make it to the fourth quarter. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but see, this, how, how did this game end? This is why his I, name is Metal World. I'm assuming this is a reaction to that. Like, I'm a peaceful guy, even though he just beat up, like, the entire NBA before that. So this is, like, <laughs> and my favorite part, actually, I don't want to take up too much of your time with this. See, there's more, actually. If you want, if you want, definitely check this out later because this is a pretty long brawl. But I like and I like at the end kind of to, like, see, like, uh, uh, like the arrow. <laughs> Ron Artest with his, like, totally ripped up jersey. Like, his whole jersey got ripped off in the front, and I don't know if they're going to show that or not. Well, here, here's a here's a, a picture of it, so you can see what I'm talking about. This jersey got all kinds of tore up. Oh, like, I like see. The fans yeah. started ripping at it, but anyway, it looks but, like a Kurt <laughs> Angle's. Uh, yeah, exactly. it looks like Kurt Angle's like <laughs> wrestling. Yeah, you know, wrestling singlet. But that highlights the problem, and I think that's what yeah. Westbrook was alluding to, especially afterwards. And I think some other players came to his defense also. You got to respect that, that personal you know? space. So exactly. So th- there is there is some truth to what he says but you know what you you have to in that in that case you kind of just kind of be tone deaf to all that stuff because you know what it's going to happen in every arena you know it's unfortunate right but other players i'm pretty sure have that scenario Mm -hmm. happening to them Mm -hmm. and they're not doing anything so you know just leave it alone and stuff moving on a little bit let's talk a little bit or go back to, I should say, um, some of the stuff dealing with the NCAA and these players moving up. The NBA draft 2019 is not too far away. And we're looking at Bleacher Report, actually, right now. They have their mock draft ahead of the NCAA tournament. It's uh, It bears repeating. Our boy Zion Williamson is currently projected to be the number one pick. And, and 
for those of us in this room who are Knicks fans, I'm raising my hand. I'm raising my hand, and and ASAP just gave a look, <laughs> which is fine, even though you're a New Yorker that doesn't like the Knicks, and that's <laughs> blasphemy, and you you should be punished terribly for that. I, I'm from Mordor. It's okay. Excuse me. Yeah, that's right. What's you know the, what? What's the name of the team over there? The Mordor Mayhem. But like, yeah, no, you were, you were like, like born there. No, we bought. But no, like, we bought out Dallas. We're the Mordor Mavericks. <laughs> you were kind of oh, like raised, you like you know, born there, <laughs> raised in New York City, I guess. Yeah, kind of, sort of. So that's that's why I had that mistake yeah. and that distinction. But okay, so or is it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say your patronage and your real history comes from Mordor. Yeah, but that's, that's 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 I'm not really sure about that. Okay. So, what, yeah. what? I mean, the Knicks need help. Right, I think that's clearly obvious. clearly they just got rid of Porzingis, who I don't think was going to be a good fit in the end anyway. There was no. a lot of good go. There was a lot of potential from a couple of years ago. Yeah, but I think it's I think not that that soured very quickly for them. And he's injury prone too. And, and yeah. you know that's that's always been a problem for the Knicks getting yeah. good players that are injury prone. Everyone's so reliant on him. Yeah, yeah, he's good, but like. I think there was a lot of hype that was going to like kind of lead to people thinking he was going to be one of the top stars in the NBA. I don't think he's going to be in that at that level. He's kind of like a level below. But like, I think he's in a good place. Star. He's in a good place now in Dallas. Because, he is. Uh, he is. He's got that point guard that is is trending to be rookie of the year over there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it's um, like you said um last time. At this point, the Knicks need anyone. They just right. need anyone. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so it's funny because I was having a conversation with Wolfie today about this very subject mm-hmm. because he is a huge Nick fan mm-hmm. just like I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we were talking about Zion being on the Knicks and me being a Nick fan, me being a New York fan, me being a fan of the Knicks and the Jets, mm-hmm. two downtrodden teams and stuff like that. You always kind of tend to think the worst. And so um, – the Knicks right now currently hold, I believe, the worst record in, in the NBA. But so the way the draft works, right? They do actually, yeah. It is a lottery based uh, draft for the top three teams. So it's weighted by by position. So the number, the worst team in the league gets the most balls. The third best team gets the least. The third worst team, I'm sorry, gets the least balls. And you put them in kind of like lotto style, you know, you spin the wheel and stuff like that, and then you pick, right? So obviously the first team has the best chance of getting that pick, right? right. So I go to Wolfie and I'm like, listen, man, you know, with the Knicks luck, we'll probably pick third. Yeah, you know. But my whole thing is that if we get Zion as a Nick fan, um, that changes hopefully. You know, they really the direction. need a forward too. And there's been they need everything, but well, they really need a forward. You right you now. have the rumors of them getting Kyrie, and you have the rumors yeah. of Durant mm-hmm. being attached to New York. So imagine a team that has Kyrie, <laughs> that has Durant, yeah. that has Zion. And I really like that kid that they got from Dallas, Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. He seems to be knocking it out the park here. Um that instantly changes the team. Yeah. Went from nothing to something. For exactly. reference, the Knicks are currently the worst team in the NBA with a 13-56 and 56 record, which is a 188 winning percentage. The closest team to that bad is the Phoenix Suns, and they have right. 17 wins and 54 losses for a 239 winning percentage. But what, are the Knicks going on like a 20-plus game losing streak or something like that? The yeah, there, there, was a, there was a point where I think they hadn't won at home in <laughs> two months. You know? It was the so, longest in their history, if yes. I'm not mistaken. So, so they're, they're a pretty bad team right now. So the 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 top three teams, or rather the the top 
worst teams mm -hmm. are the Knicks, are the Suns, and are the Cavaliers. Yeah. Right? So Cavaliers have really dropped off the map. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise, right? <laughs> and you know what? But they may be better for it and stuff, right? Because now you get a chance to rebuild and stuff to like that. To create a new future. They want a championship with their boy LeBron, so they exactly. can feel good about that. Exactly. That's something that us Nick fans, when was the last time we won? 1973? Not in my lifetime. Well, yeah. That was, you were just like basically like born at that point. Basically, you weren't old enough to enjoy it. <laughs> I was two years old with, with a, a dirty diaper walking around when they, they had uh, their last championship. And <laughs> yeah. Stuff. And we had to suffer through 1994. Which I cried. Yes. As I said. That I, was the infamous year that sports had never made me see, cry. What was it? We couldn't see game four because of OJ Simpson. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then you had game six with uh, John Starks mm. missing everything. Including what did he, what did he go two, for, two for 19 from three points, uh, I think horrible. was the number, or two for 21. He was just straight horrible. Awful. So, you know, like I said, we were. Ha I was having this conversation with Wolfie, and I was like, you know what, watch the, the Knicks miss out on Zion and stuff like that. And you know what? There are some other good players, and it's interesting because you look at the top five players in, the, in this mock draft here, three of them are from Duke. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> Duke seems to be stacked with players that possibly can make an impact. So... You know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, the Hawks come in with two picks in the top ten. Back-to-back, -back, five and six. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that right there can change their 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 position in the NBA like this. You right. know? Currently, they're, they have 24 wins and 46 losses. They're four spots out of the NBA playoffs. That's not happening. Yeah, but you, but you, have, but you have them picking fifth and sixth right now. Mm -hmm. You're going to get two very good players at it's five a, and six. It's a pretty solid class this year, exactly. too. Exactly. Like so, NBA or players moving up to the NBA. You look at this list here, and the team that has the potential just from the draft to get better are the Hawks. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they have the potential. And, you know, I don't know what the salary cap situation is. I don't know, you know who they're bringing back, who they can re-sign and stuff, who could they sign as a free agent. Right. They have the potential to really get good very quickly. Yeah, to kind of simplify that point, the way I see it is, if you have a Knicks team that drafts a Zion Williamson, that doesn't automatically make them into a playoff team by no. any stretch of no. the imagination. Absolutely not. The Hawks are already close enough. You get them two really solid, two really solid rookies. And by the way, let's take a look at what the projection is here. Uh, at least according to Bleacher Report, you have Cam Reddish from Duke. Mm -hmm. And Jackson Hayes from Texas are the players that they expect in the draft. Cam Reddish being a, small, being a small forward and Jackson Hayes being a center. You get those two players on an Atlanta Hawks team that, yeah, they're bad, but they're kind of on the cusp bad, even though their record isn't that good. They're, like, kind of close to being, like, worst seed playoffs bad. Mm -hmm. Granted, it's the Eastern Conference. Like you said, from the top three, there's a relatively – or excuse me, from the top four – no, I'm sorry, from the top five. Mm -hmm. There's a relatively big drop off in in the the quality of the teams. Right. So still, all, all you have to do is get just a little bit better, and you're a contender in the East. Exactly. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And so they have the greatest chance of of getting good quickly. The Knicks, just by the fact that they have so much salary cap, mm -hmm. they have enough. If I remember the last time that I that I looked at them, they have enough to sign three really good players. They have two max contracts to give out, mm -hmm. and I think they have a third where they can get close to. So you can bring, you can manufacture a team for them just by free agency. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But sure, it would sure help to get him. And, and you get Williamson <laughs> in that mix, boy, you've got, you've got the potential to be really good in the East, you know? 
So for me, you know, that, those are the teams that I look at this list and I say, okay, those guys have real potential to get good real quick. Um, you have the Lakers picking a 10. The Lakers need help. No, but I, I'm just going back to the East, Eastern Conference, though. Mm-hmm. If the Knicks were to get Zion, I still don't know how they would fare against, say, the Philadelphia Sixers is Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they wouldn't be Zion, a Zion, with just a Zion for the Knicks. So Zion himself does not fix the Knicks. Yeah, it's those. You can't go from the worst contracts. team in the NBA to yeah. a contender with one player. Like, yes, yeah, Zion can help put the Knicks on the map, but he alone cannot. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Those two max contracts that they have for these free agents coming in, mm-hmm. that's the thing that puts them atop. You know, you you have a team that maybe has Zion Williamson, and if you can attract Kyrie and Durant. Yes, yeah, so you need to get Zion a good there you go. partner. Yeah, and they have – but the thing is they have the capability of doing it. So do it. You know, so – but <laughs> as, as always, the thing that hinders the Knicks is their owner. Their owner is is the thing that you look at, and maybe some of these free agents look at and say, you know what, that guy's kind of a douchebag. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to I, I want to play with him. You know, the allure of being in the mecca of basketball that kind of takes a back step if you can't if you can't get on the same page with the owner. Basically. So so that that's a little concerning for us as an as Nick fans, um, but you know. Like I said, so the owner is the problem. The owner is the problem. The owner really is the problem, and you know, and there's there's been cries for them to get rid of him. I think he had an altercation with a fan. Yeah, where, there was a fan. So who, why not? Who, who said that he basically wanted James Dolan to sell the Knicks? Like I think they interviewed him. Yes. During the game, and they kicked him out, and he got kicked out and banned from future Knicks games. That's I think James show. Dolan since reversed the ban, mm-hmm. but like doesn't feel bad about kicking this guy out just because he said sell the team. Yeah. It's like this guy, this guy, his, he's a he's a money-making egomaniac. He doesn't care about the team. He cares about making money. He cares about his image. I think he, I, and I think the other thing is that he's he's paranoid. What do you mean? In, in what way? In, in, in that respect, because you know what? That's a that's a fan just, you know, speaking his opinion. Right? Yeah, that's, he, that, like, that seems mad sensitive. Exactly. He's paranoid where like a tide will start, basically, or like yeah, people say, like, like that. hey, that fan is right. But you know what? We've been saying this in New York for for years now. This is not anything new. Mm-hmm. You know, it just so happens that the fan was caught on TV saying it mm-hmm. while at the game. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, I think I think that's the problem with the Knicks. Um, like I said, I looked at this list. You got the Lakers here at ten, and like I said, the Lakers need help. And it's interesting because Clearly. we just we just had a Western Conference executive that said, you know what? Maybe I don't trade for LeBron at this point. And that is damning because, you know what, at one point people were falling all over themselves to be able to bring LeBron in. His star has really fallen ever since he went to the Lakers. And I think before you and I were talking about it and we were like, why the hell did he go to the Lakers out of all the teams? Yeah, it's really you know? surprising. There there were other teams that he could have gone on. The Rockets. The Rockets was one of them. That If you look at a team that was ready made for him, yeah, the Rockets were it. Why did he go to the Lakers? The Lakers had nobody at that point. That's why they I told hadn't you. Hadn't been in the playoffs for how long? Yeah, it's... and I don't. And even the guy that Western Conference executive, he said, "I don't think LeBron can take a team of nobodies and will them to the finals anymore. He's not that type of player anymore. It's about him." You know? <laughs> I I think honestly, Cleveland's 
took a lot out of him because he was carrying that team, especially in this past season. He did. He carried that team, and the amount of minutes he was playing, night mm-hmm. in and night out, he was averaging what, like forty-three minutes a game or something yeah. like that. He was basically only spending five court. minutes on the bench. Like, granted, he's always been a player in great condition and great health. He's not really injury prone. This year, a little bit, it's a little bit different. I think because of all that burnout that he had from trying to carry the Cavaliers for so long. So let me ask you this question. I'm going to pose this to you guys and mm-hmm. stuff, and. This is a question that has been asked forever, but now we have a little bit more context. LeBron versus Michael Jordan. Oh is, boy. The, is there a debate to be had here, or are we are we comfortable in saying Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time? I don't think Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Um, in terms of, okay, here's so, my so let, let's put it this way, because, you know, you do have the Will Chamberlain, you do have the Bill Russells, right? Mm-hmm. Um between those two, let's just let's just because that's they're always compared between them, mm-hmm. LeBron and Michael Jordan. At this point, knowing what you know, who do you want? Okay, so honestly, my opinion has always been that this is a silly damn conversation to have. LeBron James and Michael Jordan are not even remotely the same type of player. Okay, to me, that's a reason why this conversation is kind of silly. And, another, and, okay, so LeBron is more of an all-around player. He's a taller player. He's a more physically imposing player. He grabs rebounds mm-hmm. at a clip that Michael Jordan never could. He does more than Michael Jordan does. Choose. He does more than Michael Jordan does all around. Choose your next words carefully. See, but here's the thing. <laughs> no, I, 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 you always have to with this topic. With this topic and I'm okay? going to rephrase the co- the question afterwards again. Okay. So, so and then, like, to me – like I said, it's a silly question because you look at a Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was a solid defender, no, nowhere near a great defender. I think that was something when that was always he understood. Wanted to, he would be a great defender. Yeah, you know, he he wasn't a consistent defender, but when he put his mind to it, he could lock you down. Yeah, yeah, but like for me, I think they're like if you're talking about the best players of all time, there are far better defenders than a Michael Jordan. Oh, absolutely, okay. I agree with that. So the comparison to me is made more accurate if you want to talk about it in terms of who's the better scorer. That's Jordan, okay? To me, that's where the distinction comes in. LeBron's a better all-around player. Jordan is a better scorer. Jordan is a better clutch player. I think that that there is no doubt about. So Okay, okay so let, let me change the question because I think this is where I really want it to land. I just Let me, let me say this because okay, I want to finish answering this one kind of sure. point. Because the thing also that infuriates me, and this is in, in offense of LeBron a little bit, is that I don't understand this sort of revisionist history where everybody talks about Michael Jordan like he was the only damn player on the Bulls in those teams. To me, that's the biggest nonsense I've ever heard in my life. You're the Scotty best rebounder Pippen. of all time in Dennis Rodman, okay? Mm-hmm. The best rebounder of all time, right. Scottie Pippen, who is probably one of the best damn NBA sidekicks of all Scott- time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like in terms of like this is the guy that like this is the guy behind the gun. Let's, let's okay. Look at, let's look at but wait, let me let me just like here's the thing too, because if you look at the rest of the team also, you might not have superstar players on that team, but the Bulls kind of perfected the strategy of saying, We don't need everybody on the bench to be a superstar. This guy can shoot threes, mm-hmm. this guy can lock down on defense, this guy can pass really well, this guy can do whatever. They had the role players, and if you look at the NBA now, that's kind of how it's set up. You have your five superstars. Where you're like three superstars and you're like two good players, 
And then the bench, you might have like one guy that's just a really good guy that you can insert in there in any situation. And then you have your guys for your situations, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, and then like I'll finish my point here because like we can get really into the weeds with this conversation, that's for sure. For me, the comparison is one that's, that doesn't even need to be made in terms of saying who's a better like player based on pure stats because, again, they're totally different players. Jordan played on a better team than most people give the team credit for because the team behind him was a solid damn team for years. He always had some great role plays. I actually concur with that. Right, right. I think I think that that to me is something that is there was more collaboration enough. instead yes. of reliance on one freaking man. A hundred percent. But but that said, in the end, in the final analysis, if you're gonna pick somebody, unless to be I'm, on your I'm, team, I'm gonna cut you off. With yeah, no, unless ahead. you're comparing to LeBron and Cavs or LeBron and the Heat, because LeBron and the Heat. He had collab with the team, yeah, especially with D Wade. He did. He had a much better team behind and him. That's why they Chris won so much more. And Bosch, right? yeah, th that was the mm -hmm. big three back then, right? Right. They had a lot. They had. He had a much better team, so he won a lot more. I think his best chemistry then, was right? in the Heat, for sure. That, I don't think there's any doubt about that. That team was is the blueprint for everything that happened afterwards. Big facts. Because <laughs> okay. the Golden State Warriors would not be there if D Wade and LBJ and Chris Bosh didn't get together. That's right. Because at yeah. the time. They were the only ones that dictated where they were going. Right. right. Before it was owner driven where you went. Right. So that was the flip. That was something that got yeah. started by like and that's yeah, by the, LeBron. And that's when the Miami Heat was he the powerhouse of the league. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. But back to what you were saying, Jose. But like for me, you have to pick a Michael Jordan in this situation over a LeBron James, I think. Because Again, it's that clutch thing. To me, it's clutch. Like, LeBron James has certainly improved upon that over the last few years. He's kind of been more the guy that you want to make sure has the ball at the end of the game. But it wasn't like a Jordan. Nobody else had the ball at the end of the game. It was always right. Jordan. Always. Lebron, LeBron is very easy to pass the ball in that situation than just to keep it himself. Yes. You know? Mm -hmm. so, so maybe the question to ask is, which, which play would you use to start to build a team around? You know? <laughs> that, that complicates things more. Yeah, I know it does. More. There's a, this is this is a this is a type of question and conversation that really really gets really deep because you know what? There's no way to quantify the two players. They they played in very different eras, right? Because that's a big, that's a big thing too. And, and we were talking about this before. At the time where where Jordan played. You didn't have this hands-off approach. Yeah, then, dude. You know what was it? John right? Starks was famous for putting his like knee up dude's well, ass. Well, basically. look at look at Detroit and the bad boys of Lambeer and Rod elbows and, and the same like elbows weren't illegal. Like when you could exactly. grab a rebound and clear out with your elbows. You can't. The do battles that, that the Knicks had with the Heat, the battles had, that the Knicks had with you know um, Indiana and stuff like that. Those were rock em, rock em, sock em type battles. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? it was. Brutal, man. That's not that's not the game that's played right now. Yeah, now uh, just to demonstrate, if I do this to you, that's a foul that's in the foul. NBA. Exactly, now, man. Like I just touched ASAP's shoulder. That's it. it, it back foul. then, that you would, flopped. Back then, that would have been like, <laughs> "Hey, dude, what's up?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that was like nothing, you know. Okay, I'm gonna say this, and then I want to let you guys. I want to let you guys take the stage on this one. I'm gonna say this. It's loaded, but I want you to either debunk or. Like, agree with me based on your statements because this is obviously the to the conversation we're having. If I'm building a team, this is going to be controversial. I, I would go. pick LeBron. Because he not does more. Jordan. Because he does more. Yes, 100%. I'm going to let you guys continue with that one, okay? <laughs> 
Say so. Tell me what you think. You know, for me. Okay, so let me quantify this. What era are we talking about? Are we talking about? Let's talk about right now. The okay, fourth right? Empire, right? The fourth age. <laughs> man, you put Michael Jordan in this age. It, that man, that man is scoring fifty points a game, average. Mm, yeah, that's something he that's good to consider too. Unstoppable because of Nobody the way the rules, of the rules are set up. If that's the case, I got, I got to pick my man Jordan because Jordan. If we're going by this era's rules, mm-hmm. you cannot touch him. Mm-hmm. That makes him. That makes him Harden. That makes him Durant. That makes him Steph Curry. That makes him LeBron all rolled into one. Yeah. So th- that's what I would he's say. He's going to be a tough guy to stop in, the, in this you kind can't, of you can't, he's, he, If he was unstoppable then, imagine what he is now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. His his peak would be ridiculous. Yeah, that's if, so. he, that's if he don't stop to play baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You he know? doesn't decide yeah. to do that. Yeah, okay. the, the era of two, two sport stars, it's gone, right? Because you had kind of. you had Deion Sanders, you had Michael Jordan, you had Bo Jackson. Well, it's kind right? of it's kind of coming back, but it's not it's not as prevalent. It's not it, as it doesn't high. get taken to fruition. Because what was it? We saw um, Russell Wilson. Didn't he sign up with the Yankees, like some or something like that? Yeah, but he never he became played. an NFL player. He never played. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm saying. It's not quite coming to that point. Right. You had you had Bo Jackson. He's he played around. He played football and baseball. And, <laughs> and he was of, amazing at both. Right, both at a high level. You had Deion Sanders who played for the Yankees for a quick I match. watched his documentary yeah. on ESPN. Which one? Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders, right? Amazing man. Exactly. Amazing. And I don't know how he did it. You had Jordan who played for the White Sox and the Bulls at the same time. So, you know. Well, wasn't it at the same time? I don't even remember. Uh, no, I think he retired and then went to baseball, right? Yeah, he went to baseball. Yeah. He, he played for the White Sox. I don't think he ever played a professional game. I don't think he played. No, no. he did. That's right. He played like one or two, though. Yeah, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was very brief. Yeah, he wasn't very good like the other two were. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. The other two made careers. Bo, out ja- of their Bo Jackson is probably the greatest athlete of all time. Yep. Like if he hadn't gotten injured, oh my lord, the records that would have toppled under that man. And he got injured by Chris Brosworth, which ironically was the guy that was doing football and movies. Mm-hmm. Deion Sanders something. would be close to him too, though I would say. Yeah, Deion Sanders would. Deion Sanders is a Hall of Fame player. player. But like, you know? okay, so so what? What else do you guys – are there any other thoughts on the Michael Jordan-LeBron thing? Because if you guys got any more to say about that, I'd love to hear it. Because he debunked me. What about you, ASAP? What do you think? Who okay. would you pick? I know I, I sound biased as fuck because I was just a baby Balrog at the time mm-hmm. when during the Jordan era. Mm-hmm. So that was like like all my dad's and, my, and mom's era. They're all over Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've never seen him play live, obviously. Oh. That was. Um, it was a thing of beauty. I've I've watched replays and whatnot, but I know it's not the same. And uh, but you know what? Based on what I've learned of him, mm-hmm. I would say leadership wise, Michael Jordan all the way. Yeah, he led by example. He wasn't a guy yeah. who said a lot. He was just like, I'm going to dominate this game. But you know, gonna follow the era. He, he was he was a guy that was ready to rip his teammates when he needed to. That's true too. He yeah. he was very he had vocal a, te- with he had his a temper teammates. sometimes. Oh yes, yeah, he did mm-hmm. because he accepted nothing but greatness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing that kind of defines the two. Yeah. It's not like LeBron where he's like kind of pouting at his team for screwing up. Right. Like yeah. Jordan will grab you and be yeah. like, "What are you doing, bro?" Right on the court. Yeah. So. So I think there's another difference between the two players because you know what, he Jordan 
accepted nothing less than greatness. Mm-hmm. And I think with LeBron, he's more mellow and laid back when it comes to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, there's that. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but, like, again, me being biased, I, growing up in the LeBron era, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I would go with LeBron. It's fair to say. I mean, I still think I might go for a LeBron just because of the fact that he provides a little bit more depth. But then again, Jordan might have been able to do a lot more in other areas and other stat categories in this in this current NBA too. So it's kind of hard to say. And just the fact that you, you would have to account for him and that frees up opportunities for other players. Yeah. And stuff, so what if you put them both on the same team? Oh boy! Forget God. forget about it. I just fell over in my chair. It's too much. That's that's eighty two and zero right there. Okay, the whole, maybe the whole league. One, eighty one and one. Right? Yeah, because they'll probably like have them sit the last game. Exactly. Like the whole like, league has just been owned. <laughs> Basically. Imagine. Yeah, Basically. Everybody's just playing for second place. Point, <laughs> you know. All right. So. I would say it's about time to jump into the, let's call it bigger news. Horse right racing. Now. Horse racing. Well, did somebody <laughs> win the Triple Crown recently or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the NFL and the offseason in the NFL has been pretty wild so far. This offseason is crazy. Okay, I, I think we just got to start with like what to me has been the craziest thing that's happened so far. As a New Yorker looking in, like, and it's not even about the Jets, because I am a Jets fan. Well, this is a Jets fan, as, as many of you may know by now. And we have our own things to say about the Jets, where there's some stuff that's, like, pretty pretty good to see when it comes to the Jets. I, I, I will say this. What? Yes. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Because of a, a upcoming podcast that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, we, we are recording two podcasts today. Mm-hmm. One is this one, and the other one we will release on Monday. Mm-hmm. This is the Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. But there is a segment in there that deals with the Jets mm-hmm. because ASAP Barrow talks about how green is in. That's yeah. right. So there you go. Green is in, essentially. The I Jets are going to be better this year. The Jets are going to be better this year. <laughs> Squirrel green. And I want to get to that because I think it's going to be super important. But yes. this, this trade between the Giants and the Browns is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, I know that sounds like an exaggeration, but what the hell are the Giants thinking? I'm not, even, I'm not even against them trading Odell Beckham Jr. per se, okay? Because it actually was probably the right move to make. Yes. But what they got in exchange for Odell Beckham Jr. is, in my opinion, utter wasted Trash. They didn't get good players. They didn't get good picks. That's my opinion. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of dispute that mm-hmm. just because of this. Because we did have a trade of another high-profile wide receiver, mm-hmm. um, and that would be Antonio Brown mm-hmm. going from the Steelers to the Raiders. If you look at what, and so let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Would you consider Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. to be kind of the same player? They would be on a similar level. Yes. If you look at the trade, the Giants got more than what Pittsburgh got. That's fair, and but like because the Giants are going to come out of this with at least a minimum of four players. Mm-hmm. They get they get a, a high, a relatively high first round pick. I believe it's seventeen. They get seventeen in the first round, and they get ninety five or in right. in the third round. Basically. So so those are two. Those are two picks where you can conceive within the first three rounds of a draft, you can get very good players. And they got um, a safety out of it, right? 
which then they did. They got Jabril Peppers. Right. So that that's not the best safety. No, but you know what? They have a need because Landon Collins left for them. You don't think they could have? Well, I mean, the, the Browns don't necessarily have the best players to pick from, but you don't think they? Would, oh no, I they should I, have held out for something a little I bit better. I disagree with that because you know what the Browns. Well, now they do, but but, but at on the time, defense, on defense, they have a very good team. Mm, okay, if, that's if, that's a fair point to make. Yeah, if you look at that team, the last couple of years, they've been a sad sack team, but by the same token, they've been in most of the games that they were in. They but weren't like, getting blown. Out so doesn't that sign. though doesn't that though kind of like make the point in the sense that like if you have a good team of defensive players around you you sub, you settle for Jabril Peppers like you couldn't have gotten anything else from a from an Odell Beckham Jr. To me it's just like no, the I caliber of player you're giving up somebody who can be considered one of the best wide receivers in the NFL mm-hmm. maybe not the best one of the best no, he's you, up you, there, you give him the right quarterback and the right team he could easily be the best in terms of stats that year See, you give him up for a, a middling free safety and a, and a decent offensive lineman. Again, right. But you get picks out of this. You got you got yeah. a pretty decent first round pick this year, right? Which only helps because that helps fill out your team, right? And it also gives gives the Giants options because I think they're picking third this year. Um, I'm not or, certain. Or they're they're picking high up there. So you know what. That gives them or even the for their own pick before right. the draft. Exactly. Yes. So mm-hmm. that gives them the opportunity to trade down if need be. And you know what? You have you can trade down, get another pick get in the first round, mm-hmm. and then you have the one that you got from Cleveland. So in terms of that, they're pretty they're pretty well placed in the draft for this year. The the thing about it for me is it's perplexing what what exactly is the plan for the Giants because they still have Eli. Right, but, but here's the thing. You <laughs> Why? Know, I mean, I think is a question. For me, for me, I look I look at the Giants and I think this rebuild should have started last year. Oh, and I gotta make the point. Didn't they just like like extend his contract, like Eli's contract or something they, like that? I think they just gave him like another contract, not a okay. big one. Um But they did sign Golden Tate. And so so to yeah. me, you know, it, it it begs the question, what exactly is the plan for the Giants here? Because you know. Um, last year, mm-hmm. you know, say what you will, they got Saquon Barkley, which is it looks like he's going to be an excellent player, right? Mm-hmm. But you had the opportunity to draft your 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 successor to Eli Manning, and the thing about it, you had Sam Darnold there, you had Josh Allen there, you had Josh Josh Rosen there, mm-hmm. you had um. Brand, uh, J- Jamal Jamal Jackson? No. Um, what's the kid's name from uh, Baltimore? I can't remember his name. Jackson something, right? The quarterback that's now taken over for the Ravens, and they went ahead and traded Joe Flacco. Oh, that's uh, excuse me. That's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Excuse mm-hmm. me. You have you had a pick of all those players who you know. Listen, Josh Rosen may not be the best, but you know at least he's a he's a game plan, right? You had a chance to draft your quarterback last year. You didn't do it, right? Now they they've been talking about Dwayne Haskins here for the for the Giants, and Dwayne Haskins not he's not going to be your All Pro Hall of Famer, but mm-hmm. he is a very good quarterback. He's a prototypical quarterback, and mind you, this could be just them draft posturing and stuff like that. But they've already said they're not looking at at, at him as a quarterback. Yeah. So what is your, what is your plan here? Because you just, if you're going to say you're going to make a run with it with Eli, 
why would you why would you trade away your best wide receiver? And I understand that there is there was some friction between the two apparently uh-huh. and stuff like that. But you know what? If you build a team and you start winning, that friction goes away because winning heals everything, right? <laughs> winning heals all wounds. So what's the plan here? Because you traded away your best player, right? You bring in another guy. You pay him a lot of money in Golden Tate, who's not exactly a world beater at, at best. You have an opportunity now to draft a quarterback in, in the draft, and you say no to it? Yeah. So you wait. You're saying, okay, well, maybe next year they're going to be bad enough, and they'll trade a quarterback. You've already wasted two years of Saquon Barkley's career, and as a running back, those years are limited because the wear and tear on those guys go quickly. And they're going to have to rely on him a lot more if they don't have any actual skill players. What is your plan here? It seems like to me, and I'm not justifying the plan, but it seems like to me, at least the way that it looks so far, is that they're going to. They're trying to wait to pick up their home run players. They're building like their offensive line. They're building their safety core. They're building all of that up. But so that's not a really a strategy in today's you, NFL. No, you get the quarterback and then you build around him. That's what I'm saying. That's not really a strategy in today's NFL. I say that that's a strategy because that's what I see. But that's that's not going to work in today's NFL because and, and the the quarterback is the linchpin of every. Oh, team. absolutely. It's, it's a always quarterback been. driven league it's right always now, been. especially now. And and. Last year, they said they didn't like any of the quarterbacks. You kidding me? (laughs) We liked one of the quarterbacks, and he's turned out pretty good for us so far. So I I don't understand the Giants right now. I'm I'm very perplexed in what they're doing. But I got to talk about the other side of that trade. I got to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my my gosh. They went from the worst team pretty much in the NFL to, like, a a genuine Super Bowl contender. They, they They are right now the Golden State Warriors of the NFL. Yeah, they kind of are because you look at that team. They have they have um, they have uh, Mayfield, right, as their quarterback, right. You've now got Odell, mm-hmm. and you have their their other wide receiver. I forget what his name is. You look at the two running backs that they have. They have Chubb and they have Hunt. Hunt is the guy that the Chiefs dropped, and he was a fantastic player. That with came them. out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? You've got you, and then their tight end is really good too. And you pair that with the defense that they have. Now, mind you, this this could go one of two ways. They can either be the greatest team in all of football, or they could be the biggest wash of all football because those guys they have personalities, right? Mm-hmm. And you wonder if those personalities are going to clash over there, right? Is there enough ball to go around? That's the thing you always worry about, especially with that group right Kareem there. Hunt and Odell Beckham Jr., like that's not going to be a conflict. Yes. I'll run the ball. I'll catch the ball. That's, Give me the damn ball. That's going to be a problem. Right? Yeah, that's going back to Keyshawn Johnson days or something exactly. like that. So that's the only thing that I wonder with Cleveland is like, you know, is there enough ball to go around and is that going to keep them um, – that's going to keep them happy, you know. Um, but that team right now on paper – is ridiculous, and right now, I mean, what did they add? They added Obel Beckham Jr., Demetrius Harris, Kareem Hunt, Sheldon Richardson. Like it's 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 mind blowing the position players that they added. They're going in the opposite direction of the Giants. That's why I think that trade to me is is such a mess mm-hmm. because I I understand where you're coming from and trying to spread out some draft picks, but if like you said, if you're not going to use it for the players that you really need, 
then what the hell is the point? Exactly. I don't know what the Giants' plan is right now. It's 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 all over the place. I I can't figure it out. You know what I though? Know. You know what though? The Cleveland Browns have a plan. Number one. You know who else has a plan? Maybe for the first time since we've been fans of this damn team. The J E T S Jets 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 man. What? is this like we actually decided to go and have a decent offseason after signing what may be the best quarterback possibly we've had in what like 20 years well i, I Close would say to. i would say chad pennington was probably the last best quarterback that we had but he was man he but was, that was like was early hampered. 2000s yeah and you he know? was hampered with it injuries. is almost 20 years at this point yeah and and his thing was i was actually at the game when he first started mm-hmm. it was against casey mm-hmm. so um but he was he was a guy that Injuries really robbed him of his career. Yeah, he went to some other teams and he did do well. Like he went to Miami after that, if I'm not mistaken, a couple other teams. But he He was was never the same after that shoulder injury. I think it was. He had he had one really good season. I think he had his best season actually after he left the Mm -hmm. Jets. But then there was not a lot of great seasons to follow. But I mean, Chad Pennington, notwithstanding, he of the hanging Chad, uh, still managed to be a good quarterback, great accuracy, and that's what made him a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. Since then. Like we haven't had any real hope at quarterback. Yeah, we we at had all. we had Brett Favre for a minute, and we didn't. That wasn't even the best version of Brett. Favre. I don't even know why the hell he did that. Yeah, honestly, well, listen, they were ten and I think they were like eight yeah. and one, nine and one, and then they, the wheels just fell off that that particular season. And he did, and then he yeah. went and went, did well with the Vikings, but there just right. wasn't enough of a team to build around no, a quarterback no. like that. The Vikings made a smarter move because they had a lot of great players on their team already to build around. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you have that. <laughs> like, like the Jets who the, the hell else have we even had? I can't even remember some of our quarterbacks' names. That's how bad it is. Well, we like, had you have Sanchez. We had Neil Donald. Fumble. We had Ray Lucas. Yeah. We had um, the we. Who did we have? We had the Fitzpatrick recently. Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Fitzmagic, please. <clears throat> Let's call it the right way. Yeah, can we just say how funny it was the way that he started last season? And I'm not even talking about the games that he played. I'm talking about what the hell happened with his clothes, man. Oh, he he went he went full Hollywood (laughs) on us. You know what I'm saying? He looks like you like you. He looks like Conor McGregor now. (laughs) Exactly, it's ridiculous. You know. Um, (laughs) But we've had we've had Browning Nagel. You remember him? Yeah. Ooh, that was bad. He had one good and game the against the, the Verdes of uh, the world. Yeah, Browning Nagel had one good game against the Atlanta Falcons, where I think he threw for like 370 yards, and you never heard from him ever again. Right, Geno Smith. I mean, oh, Geno Smith, please. You know, so the the Jets have not had the best history lately. I mean, I think the best, the biggest moment we've had in recent history was the butt fumble against the Patriots. Yeah, that that was. I guess that was almost bad. winning in the playoffs with uh, with Fitzpatrick was a pretty solid moment until he threw that terrible Listen, interception at the not, end of the game. Not for something, not for nothing. But the first two seasons with Sanchez wasn't that bad either. Yeah, you know they they took us within one half of the Super Bowl. I think the thing know? though that we always kind of knew as Jets fans is that even though Sanchez might have been able to take them relatively far, I don't think he was ever going to. No, I don't think so. I, yeah, I he might have taken him to one. He came real damn close. I think I think they reached with the fifth pick for him. You know, I think I think they were looking for a quarterback. They were desperate. They saw him and they said, "Okay, well, you know what? Let's use the pick on him." Um, never really worked out, but that's that's the Jets for you. You know, you look at this year and like, and they're not done. <laughs> 
Le'Veon Bell, like that's obviously the coup. I mean, granted, he's a year removed entirely from football. But you you upgraded with C.J. Mosley. Yeah. You know, um, they had a chance to get another guy, and uh, the guy from the Vikings, Anthony Barr, I think. Is yeah, he name. decided to stay with the Vikings. Yeah. You know. But the Vikings have had a nightmarish offseason, man. They've lost, like, their whole team Yep, this offseason. And, um, man, what the hell is their quarterback's name? I don't even remember because he's so – Unimportant to me right now. Kirk the guy they signed last year, Kirk Cousins. You know, um, that was an interesting find too, because or an interesting story because. So I really wanted him to join us tonight, but a close friend of mine is a is a Vikings fan, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of faith in Cousins because you look at Cousins on paper, he's not a bad quarterback, right? Mm. Not a bad quarterback. I didn't say he's a great quarterback. Yeah, right? You know what? His 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 stats are padded. But if you look deeper at they his are. stats. They are. Here's what I was yeah. going to say. If you look deeper at his stats, they're not the greatest. Here's what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't remember the number. But if I'm not mistaken, oh, my goodness. His his record against above 500 Thank teams. You. That's exactly what I was talking is about. Is horrible. Awful. What does he horrible. run, like two games or something like that yep. in his entire NFL career against any team that's over 500? I didn't know that until about midway through the season. When I saw that, I was no. like, "You guys are screwed." When, when I was looking, screwed. when I was when that that off season was <laughs> happening, there was a chance that that Kirk Cousins could have been a Jet. Um, I saw that we offered him more money than the Vikings, and thankfully he didn't take it because you know what? <laughs> I didn't. Want, I did not want him here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just because of that reason, because his stats, if you look at it on a whole, look great. But once you start digging deeper, you start to see all these little things here and, and there. Especially the record against good teams, that's a big turnoff. And you know, there's, there's. Thankfully, it didn't work out for us because you know what? We ended up going with Bridgewater. We ended up getting Darnold and stuff like that. So you know, that one rejection may have steered the Jets in the right direction for the first time. Yeah. Right. So um, I just want to. I just want to give you this number because I found it. Kirk Cousins. Is four and twenty-four yep. against teams with a winning record. Absolutely. So you know what, Minnesota, you can have them. You know, we're. I think as a Jet fan, we're happy with what we have. Um, and you know what, you look at, you look at where the Jets are positioned in this draft. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that are number three. You know, I'm sorry, they have a chance now because I believe San Francisco is ahead of them. San Francisco had a need for a pass rusher. And mm-hmm. so everybody said that they were going to be the ones to take Nick Bosa, which is arguably the best pass rusher in this draft. They went ahead and signed a pass rusher. So this may work in the Jets' favor because now that guy can drop to three. You, you grab him in here, that defense for the Jets becomes that much better. And that's why I, I so, really like how they, they are pulling little pieces here and there in the offseason of – really solid defensive players from other teams. Mm-hmm. You see that from the Jets, and that's like, man, it's, it's, it's exciting to be a Jets fan this season, more so than it has been in a very long time. Yeah. So aside from that, there's a, a, another another set of teams that I really want to highlight. Um, first of all, let's go into Dallas. And I, I got to say, um, what the hell is Dallas doing? <laughs> because they have done nothing to improve their team. Their biggest signing is having Jason Witten come out of retirement. And Jason Witten probably left left the, the booth because of all the criticism of how bad he was. Um, 
what is what is he going to do with the Dallas team? I mean, you know, Dallas needs to improve on a, on a lot of different levels. Jason Witten is your biggest signing so far. I mean, what what does that even do? I feel like Dallas has kind of been waffling waffling in the offseason for a couple of years now. I think they got a little too settled when they got like their big quarterback and their big running back. Um, they yeah. had a really good season to start there, but like if you look at that team, you know, they have those solid position players, but there's not enough going on obviously around those guys as you Basically, that's the point you basically made at the very beginning. And then you look at the players they signed. Like you said, Jason Witten, Tavon Austin, Cameron uh, Cameron Fleming, and Demarcus Lawrence basically getting the franchise tag put on him. Okay, that's 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 somewhat interesting. But, like, there's nothing here that stands out to me saying that you're fortifying any part of the team. Nope. You have a all. tight end that basically, you, you know, you lost them. You have him back again. Like, oh, big deal. Jason Witten's a good tight end, but he's also old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Austin is a solid wide receiver, but he's nowhere near anybody that can, like, really make a difference in a game. Right. So, you know, it's a little weird what's going on in Dallas. Um, another team that I want to highlight is the Green Bay Packers. The Green they're doing Bay. a lot more this offseason. Oh, my gosh. I have to give it to them. Finally, like, they're doing it because you have to look at that team for, like, like, a while, and you look at what they've tried to build around Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And they and kind of got complacent. His, years historically, now. they're not a team that goes crazy in free agency. No. They like to build to, through the draft, but you look at what they've done. You know, they signed Billy Turner for $30 million. They got two edge rushes here for about $120 million between the two of them. Mm-hmm. They signed the safety for 37 They are going balls out on this. They're, they're dropping dollars and bringing people in. So, you know, at the very least, you can see that they're trying and stuff. And they, they've done some stuff to improve their team, especially on the on the defensive end, on the defensive side, you know. I think a big part of it is the personality of Green Bay fans. I think this was the season that they're just really getting they're, – they're very, very loyal fans, but you can almost see in the air. This is the season they're just kind of getting sick of Green Bay's crap, mm-hmm. Green Bay ownership's crap. And basically them saying, like, well, we got Aaron Rodgers. What the heck else do we need? Well, I think this is also <laughs> a push because they're, they're, they're starting to realize that Aaron Rodgers is getting older. Mm-hmm. So this may be that push, you know, that last hurrah to say, okay, let's go out with a bang, especially in the Aaron Rodgers era. Yeah, let's get him at least one more Super Bowl if we possibly can. And now Aaron Rodgers is still, if you look at the numbers, Aaron Rodgers is basically one of the best, if not the best quarterback of all time. Yep. So I think I think if I'm not mistaken, he has the highest career quarterback rating in NFL history. Yeah, he's he just hasn't won the championships. That's the only thing. Yeah, he was. Yes, really. Who uh, does he? I think he only has the one. He might be right, actually. He might be yeah. just the one. Uh, hold on, I want to look that up to make sure I clarify that because Super Bowl championships for Aaron Rodgers. You are correct, sir. That is he's got the one, right? Is this? Yeah, it looks like just the one. Yeah, he just has the one for him. So, you, I mean, you look at the like the level of play that he's had, and even Eli Manning has won more Super Bowls than he has. Yep, that's <laughs> that's not really acceptable. Ben Roethlisberger, there's a lot of other guys that don't have the level of talent he has, and it's because they haven't done much behind him in Green Bay for a while. Mm-hmm. This season looks a lot different. Who else do you think that's notable here? So like just just for teams. going in, in a, a quick fashion here, um, Mark Ingram to the Ravens is a, a nice little signing for them. It gives them a quality running back over there to help Lamar Jackson in his growth. 
Um, you look at what the Bills are doing. The Bills are signing a lot of people, and you know they signed one of our Pro Bowl, one of our Pro Bowlers from the Jets, Andre Roberts. That actually kind of hurt. Yes, it does. You know, but um, you know, good for Especially him because his special teams work. Man. Yeah, but you look at Andre Roberts, and he's he's a nice little story because. Before he got to the Jets, he kind of just bounced around. He never really found a place. Mm-hmm. And once he got to the Jets, he became one of the most prolific um, kick returners, you know, in in the game. It yeah. got him a Pro Bowl for God's sake. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, good, good on him. You know, it, yeah, it hurts I can't that hate on a guy that plays that well. And yes, gets, gets the money out of it. It you know? hurts that he left the Jets, but you know what? Like I said, good on him for going out there and turning a, a great season around. And, you know, it's going to help his family. So It's a know. small note, too, but I think it's really interesting. Like, man, the ageless Frank Gore signing another freaking contract. Like, how does this guy keep running, man? So, so look at the Buffalo Bills <laughs> running situation, and I think they have um, – who, who's the, They have two running backs there that, that are pretty good. You know, Frank Gore – in his prime was one of the best running backs in the game. Oh yeah, he's like a he was like a tank basically in exactly. his prime, man. You couldn't knock that man down no matter what. So he's not exactly the Frank Gore of old, but you know what? If you put him out there, um, you have a couple of solid running backs behind him to exactly. kind of take the workload off. And I don't think he's, he's gonna, got something going. On. I don't think he's going to be the running back. You know, to he's he's not going to be the starter. He may be the change of pace guy. It's a platoon um, type because situation. You have, yeah, that sounds like about right. Because you have Chris Ivory and Frank Gore. That those are two battering Rams. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it makes sense to have a, another guy like that because Chris Ivory, as good as he is, um, his style of play lends himself to getting injured a lot because <laughs> he just tries to run over people and stuff. Yeah, I remember him from the Jets days. That's yep. basically all he ever did. He got injured with the Jets quite a bit then too. So there's that. Um, another thing that I see here, Buster Screen has left the Jets for the Chicago Bears. Um, that's, that's The Bears of, have had a pretty solid offseason. Yes, they have. Especially with how well they did last year, almost unexpectedly. That's hurtful to the Jets because Buster Screen is one of the best slot nickelbacks. That's, even, um, that's more hurtful than a Roberts, yes, I would say. Easy. You know. um, who else? Joe Flacco going to Denver. That's interesting to me because you know what? Um, you have John Elway over there as the GM, and he is the quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. But all the quarterbacks that he's had over there have sucked tremendously. Yeah. So now you're getting Joe Flacco, who's a known quantity. Um, he's been around the league. He's a pro bowler. He's a Super Bowl winning championship uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's interesting to see what Denver's going to do going forward. He's never been much of a quarterback in the regular season. Though. you got to right. get him there with a solid defense. Exactly. So it, it'll be interesting what happens there with him. Uh, the other quarterback that moved here is Nick Foles. He's mm-hmm. gone to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that one, we were talking about that earlier. We have a little bit of a disagreement on that one. I don't think it's going to be a solid, uh, a solid play. Uh, I don't think Nick Foles is going to excel over there, in my opinion. I don't think Nick Foles – I think Nick Foles actually compares pretty favorably to a Joe Flacco. But I think Joe Flacco has more talent than Nick Foles. I just right. think Nick Foles has a little bit more heart when it comes to the playoffs, I guess. I, but my, my thing is this. Um, you look at Jacksonville, and Jacksonville did have a horrible season last year. Mm-hmm. But the year before, they were – they were this close to making the Super Bowl. I feel like Jacksonville does that all the time. Yeah, They're either really good or they're just – so terrible. They could have an they could have had an off year last year, 
um, and rebuilding with him and actually bringing in a very good quarterback because their quarterback situation has improved from Blake Bortles. Yes. Let's, let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot this of quarterbacks is an upgrade. Over Blake Bortles. Yeah, you say what you will about Nick Foles and, and his regular season play. That's still an upgrade for them, right? So I look at that. That's an interesting signing for me. Um, looking at some of the other things, the Patriots, they've lost a lot of people. They do bring in Michael Bennett from the Eagles. Um I think that is just business as usual for the Patriots. <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> let's maybe not even talk about the Patriots offseason. Because yeah, no can't. matter what you say about the Patriots, they find a way. They go and win a damn Super Oh, Tom Brady's lost a step. The Patriots have no players. They don't have a running back. Gronk isn't the same player he used to be. They still won the freaking Super Bowl, and they destroyed the Rams. It the is... Rams, who were, like, the favorites from before the season even started, practically. It's it's interesting because they have they I have hate the Patriots Pro Bowl type of play. Yeah, if Wolfie was here, I couldn't even talk about this right now because he would be completely beside himself. Right, we're the Jets fans, and we're like, I know, giving, right? we're like not completely crazy, but I guess like with the rivalry the Giants and the Patriots have really had one where you know, well, they actually beat the Patriots every yeah, once in a while. It's, that it's creates a, more blood. Blood. It's only a rivalry when the when it's going both <laughs> when ways. they actually <laughs> when the team actually wins. The Jets you know, never. They got crushed by the Patriots in the last game of the season. Going back to the Patriots, they take these <laughs> players, they they, they get, make them pro bowlers, and then the minute that they're ready to sign them again, they let them go and they bring in some nobody, and he becomes the next pro bowler and stuff like that. So with with their with the Patriots offseason, if you look at it on paper, it looks like a negative. They're going to find a way to make this into a positive. You know, The what I'm Patriots saying? have always been a systems team. Yeah, Tom that's... Brady's a systems quarterback. Granted, he's a very good one. But if he didn't have the coach and the philosophy around him that he has had for the last couple of decades, he would never have been this successful. Matter of fact, that, that even kind of like reminds me of a story of the gentleman that I wanted to bring to the podcast tonight. He went to Michigan and that's or to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. That's where Tom Brady played. And yes, that's he true. saw him play. And oh, did he? Yeah, he saw him play a couple of times and there was nothing to write home about. So all this Listen, stuff where like Tom Brady turned to this player. Brady went in the seventh round, right? Yeah, isn't, he was, isn't that the he, the story for him? He was a poor draft pick for yeah. sure. And you, you look at his. Um, it, it's funny because they had the uh, on NFL.com. They were looking at past combines, and they showed Tom Brady's, and boy, did he look bad! Oh you yeah, I think they were. Oh man, what the heck's that freak player that had the one point six percent body fat? that they showed in the NFL combine. Hold on, i got to talk about that because there was a great video that I saw, actually. It's, so, it's sort of unrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a fitness channel called Athlean X, and he was talking about if 1.6% body fat is even possible, yes. and he was looking at some of the stats. Tom Brady, like, if you look at his combine numbers, they're horrendous. Exactly. He, couldn't even, he couldn't even do a single bench press. <laughs> Not even one. It's zero. He, if you look at those videos, he did not look like an athlete at all. He looked like a surfer dude. DK Metcalf is the player, by the way. Apparently, oh, he's the wide receiver. Yeah, he's a freak of nature. That guy is. That guy looks like he's the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know who you're talking Mm -hmm. about. You know. Um. So you know the Patriots. You know, just going back to that, it it looks like they have a negative uh, off season, but you know, at the end of the day, they're gonna find a way. They always Um, do. Antonio Brown to the Oakland Raiders, enough said about that. You know, um, let's see what happens with them. 
looking at this, Philadelphia gets back to Deshaun Jackson. Uh, that's a player that never should have left Philadelphia in the first place. Yeah. Um, and you know what? Pretty much that's about the biggest things that I see here in terms of, oh, well, you do have Landon Collins going to the, the Redskins. And you have Case Keenum that was traded to the Redskins by the Broncos. Adrian Peterson re-signing with the Redskins. So, you know, you have that. Um, but like I said, it's been pretty pretty much a very eventful offseason so far for the NFL. Um, and I think the biggest surprise here was the Odell, Odell Beckham trade. I think certainly that was the biggest one. I think another one that's going to be interesting, and it hasn't played out yet, um, but something that's definitely going to have a lot of impact on the NFL is wait till we see what happens with Sue on the Rams. He is he's not going to resign. He's the next big chip to fall. Yeah, he's probably the, the big. Yeah, he's the biggest chip that's still available. Yep. And whatever team gets him is going to get obviously a huge impact player. Um, there, there's some question on his motor though. Um, there's a question on, on whether he's engaged when when he's on a team. Um, and I think that's the reason why the Rams are so willing to let him go because during the regular season, he didn't do that much. He did kind of turn his, his motor on when the playoffs came, mm-hmm. but you know, you want to, you want a guy that's, that's running a hundred percent all the time. And I don't know if Sue is that guy anymore. So, you know, there's, there's a reason why the Rams are letting him go. Mm-hmm. Um, and there may be a reason why he hasn't signed yet, you know, because maybe you have questions about you know, his heart and whether it's into the game at this point. That's true. I mean, you, so. you, I guess he has, his his best years are behind him. Mm-hmm. So that's but certainly he's true. Still, if, he, if he's on his game, he's still an impactful player. I think if you make him a centerpiece of a defense, obviously that's never going to work anymore. No. I don't think that – I think it's silly to even say that. Yeah. I but if, if you to. put him in the right role, I think maybe you can question his motor, but, like, there is still a certain aspect of his, like, his veteran status – he can show some younger guys some, you know, some some uh, some tricks remember, if he wants to take the role. On. Remember how Sue first started when he was with Detroit? He was labeled as a dirty player. Yeah, maybe you don't want to show the young guys those tricks. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But then again, he hasn't. You haven't heard about him doing that kind of stuff anymore, anyway. Maybe that's why he. So. Maybe that's why he doesn't have the motor anymore. If he can't <laughs> kill people. Then what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> There's no reason for it. Well, listening to you guys talk about the NFL was making me consider um, opening up an MFL, as I would call it, or the Mordor Football League. <laughs> but that would take a lot of work, you know, gathering all the GMs and uh, and franchise managers and whatnot. So who's going to be a star football team? Is the what, what did you say before? The more. Oh yeah, you could have you could have the more Dorian murderers. There you go. <laughs> and you know we were talking about Sue just a moment ago and how he's kind of a dirty player. I think he fit in on a more Dorian team. Yeah, I'm, I mean that's just me. <laughs> the Gondor Nashers, right? <laughs> yeah, and I got my homeboys in Numenor, but I don't know what they're gonna be. <laughs> the the Helms Deep Hellhounds. Ooh, you know I like that. There you I go. Like too. What else can we put out there? The Rohanian Riders. <laughs> 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 So there we go. We we have the start of the Lord of the Rings football league. We're coming for you, AAF. We are coming for you. Oh, and we're just, gonna take market share. Just oh, there actually is that? another quick bit of news, right? Yes, there is, and you just reminded me of that. Yeah. you want to leave with that small bit of news. I don't know who who was it actually. I think you you remember the exact Johnny Manziel. Yes, yeah, yeah. Johnny He's no Manziel longer in the NFL because he was a bad. failure. So <laughs> no, well, he went to the NFL, then he went to the CFL, yeah. and he had a falling out somewhere where. 
Supposedly he breached his contract. I don't know what it is about. They dropped him and they banned him from the league. They not only did the team drop him, they said that you cannot sign with another team in the CFL. Oh. And then that pushed him over to the AFL, which I think is his last straw. Johnny football, my ass. Johnny football. Damn. So um, <laughs> just just that last bit that just. A quick little reminder. Exactly. For those of Johnny Manziel is playing football in the States again. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. on that note, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, we had a fun time discussing all things NBA, NCAA, and NFL with you today. This is a great podcast. This is one of the first podcasts where we just had a sports-centered focus, which was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, real quick. I don't mean to cut you off, Jose, yeah, yeah. but um, tonight going on right now in boxing news, mm-hmm. there's a fight going on um, between Errol Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia for the IBF welterweight title. It is going on right now as we speak. I don't know what the hell's going on because <laughs> I did not order the pay-per-view. I've been busy sniping upscale Gondorian targets while my homeboys over here were discussing the NFL. So, so I, I do not know what's going on right now, but there is a fight going on. And I will give lot, you a on. quick update based on... It's a world title fight, so it is important. And they're actually fighting as we speak. Yeah. Oh, we there are, you go. We are... Sounds like the right, the right time. At, at right now, this is now 12 a.m., uh, it's 15 March, past midnight. It's yeah. quarter past midnight. Yep, quarter past midnight on March 17th. Indeed. And they are in the seventh round here. Oh, shoot. Already more than halfway done. And this is from TheGuardian.com. How they scored? How, who's winning? Real quick, before we close this podcast. So, The Guardian's unofficial score mm-hmm. has Spence leading of course why do i even ask 70 to 63 on the cards Ooh, that's a big lead so point lead sounds like is, a pretty one-sided fight so far yeah, yeah it sounds like it the very first sentence of round seven the description here it says clearly garcia needs to take risks if he's going to have any chance because this what's the start of the played out so round? far is not going to be enough. Has there been a knockdown? You, you said it's the start of the seventh round? No, they're going into, into the, eighth. the eighth. So he's lost every speak. round by a point. Pretty much. Yeah. Which means he's not getting killed. Or at least by an average of a point. Maybe he lost you know, one round by So there point. hasn't been a knockdown. He's just been losing yeah, by a point. I will, I will say this. Garcia does not appear to be in danger of being badly hurt. But okay. the exercise is starting to feel a bit repetitive and pointless. You wonder how much longer Garcia's brother and trainer Robert will allow it to continue. Mm. So I think we can say that Spencer Jr. is barring a flash knockdown, a flash knockout. Mm -hmm. Um, It does look like Spencer Jr. will um, win this fight. Mm. (laughs) No surprise, though. There you go. Folks, um, in regards to boxing, the the fight we are really looking forward to is, I guess, a rematch of Tyson Fury. It doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. Wilder. Which, yeah, it's not going to happen anytime soon. (laughs) That'll be at least, like, end of the year next year, if anything. I think Fury is the one that's that's refusing to fight Wilder, right? Is that that what it is? I don't don't have all the deets on it. I think, uh, I know he's got, he's taken another fight. Okay. So, um, and I think uh, Wilder continues to call him out, and Fury is just like, eh, I'll, I'll get to you eventually. <laughs> I mean, you know? in the heavyweight division, there's also um, Anthony Joshua going up against this guy, Miller, and that's, over at the Garden. That's soon, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't know when, but it's going to be at the Garden. Okay. There you go. Yeah. 
worth so, checking out. If anything, maybe we could get a quick slice of something like that'd that. That would be nice. Of those matches. We've, we've done it before with the Tyson Fury fight. And it was maybe fun. We'll do, maybe we'll do that with the Joshua. If we pick we, up the pay-per-view, we'll let you guys know. We'll definitely check it out and let you know how the fight sure. Absolutely. And we, we went round by round for Tyson Fury and uh, Wilder there. And so. we saw eye to eye on the final decision. Like, Absolutely. Walt and I. Yep. Not, not with the judges, but Walt and I. We, we agreed on the scoring. Yep. So uh, that's that. A little boxing aside, and we'll get to definitely more of that in the future. And horse racing too. Horse racing enjoy. season's coming up. Triple Crown. There you go. Father season. See, kids, there's a lot of stuff to look forward to in the sports podcast coming soon to a pop culture over pizza near you. <laughs> we want to thank you guys once again, everybody out there in internet land for joining us. Uh, as usual, you know where to find us, Instagram, Twitter at PCOP podcast. Check us out on Facebook. You can find us on Google podcasts and Apple podcasts. We just got added somewhere new again. Where was it? Pod, I, Podbean? I believe it's Podbean. Yes. Podbean we've got added to. And of course you can find us on all the standard ones. If you don't want to go on aggregators, you can find us on the stitchers and, uh, some of those services of the world. Or just very easily just go to anchor.fm, find us there and whatever podcast app um it will direct you to it and you can just subscribe and just listen to us there do the easy thing people exactly. like share and subscribe leave us some comments email us pcoppodcast at gmail.com let us know what you think about everything we hope you enjoyed a sports centric episode of pop culture over pizza as always signing off i am jose um, this is, who am I again? Ah, this is Walt. In a different, <laughs> in a different uh, universe again, I think. I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just flowing through the multiverses right now. So, you know, just don't mind me. This is a dollar sign AP Balrog. Blessed be new founding fathers. Happy purging. Yeah. Thank you very much. All of you guys out there in the internet, stay geeky. Peace.